This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Good evening, it's Tuesday night at 6.30pm on Radio City Talk, which can mean only one thing. We're back, the lads, the Fight Disciples, Nick Pete and Adam Catterall singing in your ears. And we have got a treat for you this evening. Last week we spoke about it at length. We got off. We were getting ourselves all excited. It's the Muhammad Ali Trophy. It's coming to Liverpool. Well, tonight we have got the main man involved, the promoter who was part of the brainchild that dreamt this whole thing up, Callie Sowland on the show. Good to hear from you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Very good, sir. Very good. Listen, we've got the entire city waiting with antici- anticipation, sir. We cannot wait to host the first leg of the Muhammad Ali Trophy. Exactly. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. The Ali Trophy uh, is going to bring a lot of excitement, obviously, to the sport. But I think it's sensational that the first super middleweight event is going to take place in the wonderful city of Liverpool. That's the right answer, Kelly. Um, That's the know. right answer, mate. Have you have you brushed up <laughs> on all your local lingo? Are you, are you familiar with the dialect oh, down here? Of course. Don't you have been working with Tricy for the last few years? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a special city anyway. But it's a special, it's a special boxing city. You know, with, uh, so I think it's, I think it's just great. I think it's the great. Yeah, I haven't gone to a let's say a city that. Obviously, I'm in London, but I haven't gone to London. It's gone to Liverpool, you know, and I think that's great. And and the Liverpudlians are going to make the right noise up there on the 16th, I'm sure, for Callum. And, and there's going to be quite a few Swedes coming over. So I think they'll have an international flair to it. But the production that they're going to put on there is second to none. I've never seen anything like it in my two years in boxing. Um, and uh, it's going to be spectacular. You know, I think it's a, it's a platform that Callum Smith has deservedly. He's a very... A very modest guy um, outside the ring, uh, an absolute beast inside the ring. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's somebody who's worked to where he is, you know, and he's, he's earned this chance. And, and I hope everyone you know, he gets, uh, gets them to the right support that he deserves. And I'm sure that'll be the case. Kelly, you've been, you've been in boxing for years. And like you just said, they're obviously working with Price, a guy that we know, and various other fighters coming out of Germany and what have you. Where, where does... Where does your thought process start when you're thinking about the World Boxing Super Series and the Ali Trophy? Where, where did this, where did it, was this born in a pub? Where, what were you doing? Were you and your brother having a little bit of a chat? What happened, man? Where did this come from? <laughs> well, was, I'll tell you a funny story, you might believe it or not. It was born in a, at a Guns N' Roses concert <laughs> in, in Mallorca. And that is actually not a joke. We were sitting around having a few beers after the, uh, after the gig and I was on there with, uh, with, a, with a boss of a TV company, a good friend of mine, uh, and actually, uh, was one of the main guys who's responsible for the Champions League of football. So, um, so yeah, so we had, a, we had a few beers afterwards and we sit around and said, look, how can we move on from this Super Six? Because it was mm-hmm. a big tournament at the time, a showtime. Mm. But there was a lot of problems around the tournament. There was a lot of good things came out of it. You know, Carl Frotch yep. uh, can thank his name from, from, from that tournament. Andre Ward as well. Uh, so there was a lot of good things, but there were also, there were, um, there were also a few... You know, it, it's a long time to do. So we sat down and worked out a concept how to bring this together. And obviously, then you've got to go and find the backers who are going to come in with the money because it's obviously something like this. Yeah, you need you need to get third parties involved, and that took us four years. Uh, and and uh, no, here we are. You know, so 
Uh, here we are, and it all comes down September 16th in Liverpool. From 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 a fan's a point of view, mode. from a fan's point of view, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, when you started announcing things, especially in the cruiserweight division, you started naming all these guys, these world champions that are going to take part in this this tournament. It's like, well, this is what we want. We want the best fighting the best. Yeah. We want as one champion yeah. in one division. So it's like, ching ching. This is amazing for fans. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, when we were put the announcements out, and obviously it was an eight night week, eight nine week period for me. My, my role is to, to basically put together the fighters, put the sports side together. Mm-hmm. I had eight, nine weeks. I had about $50 million in my pocket. I had to basically spend to get these guys in. And, and you know what the, the great thing was? A lot of them, you know, I was thinking, oh, someone's going to drag their heels. Yeah. Telling you, the guys who've got in this here, Yes, of course, there's a lot of money involved. You know, big, big time boxing, there's always money involved. Yeah. But you know, to put their names on the line here, I think it's spectacular. You know, they've got to do it. And then they'll be rewarded because they're rewarded by the platform they're put on. This is, you know, this is not normal boxing shows. You'll we'll see, we'll see on September 16th the way they're going the, to. The, the, along the ring entrances, I've, I've seen rehearsals on. I mean, it's spectacular. It really is uh, the Hollywood production. Wow, you're wetting our appetite. Yeah, stop Kelly, it, man. Definitely. Stop it. We're yeah. getting too excited, man. We're going to wait till September for this yeah. now. You're buzzing us up. So, firstly, the, firstly, the official theme tune then of the Ali Trophy is it Sweet Child of Mine? Is it or are we, is it, is it going to be a homage to the Guns N' Roses? If, 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 it, if it was, if it was down to me, it would be something like that. No, 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 no. No, they've got all that Champions League on this as a full orchestra, uh, sort of theme tune to it. Wow. The fighters still keep their music as well, but I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, yeah. The, the entrances will be spectacular. Very, I'll, I'll give you one clue, Gladiator. Wow. Wow. We've, we can't, Gladiator. We've alluded to this, haven't we, over, over the last couple of weeks talking about it. It's um, obviously a fantastic tournament itself for the fighters, for the fans. The actual contest is some, something else. But then as an event, it's an opportunity to kind of change the way that people consume uh, the big fight events. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's how they see it. They see, you know, they're very much, much picked on the fact that, yes, of course it's a fight, and that's what they people come to watch. Mm. But this is about bringing it, let's say, more to the mainstream as well, in terms of really giving people a value for money, broadcasters also a product that they can go around with. And, 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 and you know, boxing, I've been involved with for so many years, it's a very opportunistic, you know, so you have a big fight, no one really knows where that, that takes you, though. You yeah. know, um, you know it's, it's great. Don't get me wrong. And then our normal business will continue at Team Sound. And, and uh, that's not the idea here to change that. But here is to provide a storyline over nine months with a set of fighters. So, so if you go to the tournament, the more storylines develop. You yeah. know? I saw it over in Monaco at the draw. Uh, it, was, it was quite spectacular to see this, the way that, that you know, they were choosing the fighters. They were sort of looking at each other and thinking, right, is he looking, is he looking, is he looking at me, is he sharp on weight, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure the, cho- the, the, the choices from the fighters when they were choosing their opponents were changing the whole time, you know? So it was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. The um, In terms of the card itself as well, Callie, I'm sure you've, you, you've 
You've, uh, you're having sleepless nights at the moment, but from Liverpool Fife fans in terms of what we're going to see on the night, obviously we're in the main events. We've bought in the City Cannot Wait to champion one of its sons yeah. in the opening yeah. round of the tournament. But in terms of the, uh, of the support card, you know, uh, are we go- is it going to be filled with, with Sowell and fighters? You know, is this going to be, are we going to see Mikel Kessler, yes. for instance? Basically, are we going to get Kessler in Liverpool? <laughs> are you bringing him? Come on. <laughs> I'm, br- I'm bringing him. I don't think he's going to be actually fighting that night, but he, is, he, he probably will be coming over. Good man. Yeah. Uh, I, I can that can assure you, but but, yeah, but I can't assure you that I'll be fighting that night. But, but look, we're going to put on a a big card, mm-hmm. uh, a big card. Not with really with Sowell and fires because uh, we don't really have too many that I think would interest the uh, the, the fans in the in the, in the northwest of England. I think this is more about um, you know this is about obviously local talent will be on there. There'll be a lot of British talent on there. Um, and, and you know, and we'll announce in the next few days as well. Uh, expect six, seven, eight fights on the undercard. You know, yeah. so that's uh, that's the way we're going to go about it. But but um, but yeah, no. So it's so, just so that local card. I mean, it's not it's not a Salmon show. It's, it's not a it's not a Maxim show. It's not a White Frank Warren show. It's here very much as an Ali Trophy show. So yeah. it's, it's very different to, to you know what you when you when you get the ticket. It's not you're not buying a ticket for a normal boxing event. That's for sure. Yeah, how it's gone all out there. How many um, fighters from other weight divisions have been ringing you now just to say what year are you doing my weight category? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's normally not the fighters. It's normally the uh, the managers and promoters <laughs> who are sort of guessing uh, who are guessing around it. But um, we don't know that ourselves yet. We're, we're, but, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be certainly interesting. It's a mouthwatering proposition. Classes, you know? Yeah, when you think of some of the lighter weight classes, especially, and some of the pound for pound oh, ranking yeah. stars down yeah. there, you think, oh. oh, oh, oh. You know, I mean, I mean, I, listen, I, I, I grew up with a lot of German boxing, which is a heavier weight class, but I mean, those smaller weights, they are brutal as well. I mean, I love the cruisers. You know, I've always been a big fan of cruisers. Yeah. I've worked with Marco Volker, Hernandez over the years. We've had quite a few world champions uh, at that weight, but the cruiserweights for me are basically extremely trained heavyweights. You know, yeah. the amateurs cruiserweights are the heavyweights. Uh-huh. So, um, so you know, they're, they're really spectacular. There's going to be some crazy fights in that one, and and, uh, and the super middleweights. Well, we all know the super middleweights because so I always say it's an average man's weight, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, what you all most of us. I hope to walk around it about. <laughs> yeah. to it. I don't think to it. So, but I said most of us. We aspire to that weight. Um, yeah, I'm more cruiserweight myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light heavy, light heavy. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I was, trying to be, I was trying to be polite there. In terms of TV deals, yeah, Callie, do we, do we know where it's going to go TV-wise? Yeah, that's, that's, it's something that I'm not, I'm actually very odd for me because as a promoter, you normally handle those things. These, these guys do that, it's all separate. So, um, and I just know they're talking to all the UK broadcasters. I think from what I've heard, it's time-wise, the next seven to ten days, you'll be hearing stuff. Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. In terms of tickets as well, are we, are we, we heard them, we're here on Wednesday morning now, is that right? Tickets, yeah, I've got to do my promotional part here. Yeah, come on, man. Get them in, get them in. On sale, on sale Wednesday morning, this Wednesday morning. Uh, get in quick. It's the uh, Echo, Echo Arena website. Uh, and uh, and I think they start at 35 quid. So, wow, um, that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's a, uh, deal. Yeah, yeah. So they really want to get a full house in there. And I'm, I'm 
that's a re- that's a really good. You've, ta- you've taken me by surprise there. I thought you were talking forty fifty quid, but yeah. thirty five quid is an entry no, level no, ticket no. price. He's no, bang on. No, no, no. no. So I think I think it's, I think that's fair enough. You know, I think they've done a good job on the price in there. Uh, if it was my show, I'd be probably charging a double there. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. Honesty is always the best policy in boxing. So uh, no, no. I think I think that's that's fair enough. And and. As I said, don't expect just the boxing show. This is uh, it's a little bit signs. Are you singing? Are you singing, Kelly? Are you doing karaoke? You do yeah, sweet chalabad. Right. Axel, you Rose. do sweet chalabad, aren't you, lads? I'll leave the singing to my good friend Tyson Fury. Uh, <laughs> I definitely won't be singing in the ring. Maybe we get Tyson in there singing afterwards. Let's see. There you go, mate. Brilliant. Listen, I let you catch that flight. Thank you so much for your time, Kelly. We'll hope, uh, hopefully catch up with yeah, you when you're in Liverpool, much. mate. And I, and I hope the German announcements that are currently going on in the background don't disturb your... your... No, no, not at all. It gives us an international uh, feel, mate. We've gone big time. Nice one. <laughs> Thanks, Cali. See you soon. Bye-bye now. Ta-da. Tickets on sale Wednesday. I cannot wait. 35 quid, That's mate. brilliant. That is not bad at all. Mm. You'd be lucky. You can't get a match day ticket for that. And this is a, you know, a full night's entertainment. Listen, I, I keep prodding this, you know... It's so important we get a good crowd there. Not just for Callum Smith, to support Callum Smith, because, listen, Callum Smith is the bee's knees. Callum Smith will get it done. I truly believe that. But I just think if we create the right atmosphere, if we launch this right, this city takes the Muhammad Ali trophy to its heart. You're getting greedy now, aren't you? We get the February semi-final. We've got to produce, we've got to host the best fight in this quarterfinals throughout the whole tournament. So you go, okay, where are we going to go for the semis then? Callum Smith versus such and such. Well, we've got to go back to Liverpool. We sold it out. That's how we get it back, and that's how we get the final at Anfield in May. Truly believe Look that's him, a possibility. He's getting for it. He's getting for it. And we're going to continue this conversation about the Ali Trophy in the World Boxing Super Series. Um, speaking mainly about what this means for Callum Smith, if he comes out victorious, where would this not only place him in world boxing, but in the history of Scouse boxing, where would this put him? Well, we'll talk about it next right here on Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. So we've heard from one of the main men behind uh, the Ali Trophy and the World Boxing Super Series regarding the promotion and the actual event itself with Keller Sowland. Yeah. Thank you so Sounds much. Sounds like he's, he's very much a matchmaker, isn't he? He's very mm. much putting the... It's his job to get the fights together. Someone else's job to do a TV deal. Someone else's job to... Run the production the thing sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Are you saying it's going to be... Like it's, it's a concert like a type thing. Champions League concert. I'm yeah. thinking like... Pride, remember in Japan where they have the indoor fireworks and it's like a full-on <laughs> walkout. And maybe, Takeshi's Castle. Listen, yeah, exactly. Well, they could do worse than, than copy the UFCs where they have the little videos of the monologues ah. beforehand and all that. Do you know what? You know? I noticed the weekend, and I know that we'll speak about this on Thursday's uh, UFC show because it was the re- return of John Jones, which I know you absolutely can't wait to speak about. Mm-hmm. But just as a production, I was analysing it as a production because... Th- Minutes before, I'd been watching Brona Garcia, Garcia. Mm-hmm. and the the gaps that there were between fights, and then you have all this nonsense. When you're watching boxing, there seems to be a lot of fluff yeah, around yeah. the meat. There yeah. seems to be a lot of nonsense. Yeah. You watch a UFC event, Slick. and it's bang, bang, bang. Slick, yeah. We're giving it you. Come on, keep going, keep going, keep it running, and therefore it keeps the energy of your end uh, of watching an event. Yeah. And I'm from hearing what I've just heard from Callie and other people that I've spoken to about this. It might be more in line with that, that yeah. it's more of a boom showcase. I think so, yeah, because if you think about how the UFC works, not to you know hop on about that too much for anyone that's not a fan, but the UFC, they kind of, they allow 30 minutes for every single fight on their card. If you think about it, every yeah. fight it lasts pretty much 15 minutes, yeah. uh, plus, plus a bit of, obviously, between round time. So counting walks and everything else. So 30-minute windows, so it's, it's very much... 
like a brickwork. It's set out. Boxing doesn't have that. Boxing's a lot more fluid because you have six rounders, eight rounders, ten rounders, yeah. and it's like, oh, this will follow on. Oh, this will follow on, and that way it tends to run away with itself. And also, if a fight finishes early, a guy backstage is still, well, I'm, 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 that was supposed to be a twelve rounder. It went in the first round. Well, I'm not due on for another hour, so I'm not even warmed up yet. Oh, quick, you better get warmed up then. And so you get people out front going in the rear. How many minutes have we got? We're gonna have to fill twenty minutes. Okay, let's fill twenty minutes with just yapping. Whereas the UFC, they know it's structured, so they know worst case scenario, first round knock, first minute knockouts. They know they might have a twenty minute to fill. But the UFC have got an entire year of fixtures that they can talk about, and they've got promos for next week's show and promos for the next pay per view to show on the big screen. So it's slick. It feels like it's natural. It feels like you're not going wait a minute. We haven't had a fight in twenty minutes because you're watching promos, you're mm. getting interviews in boxing. It's like they don't have anything to sell on. This they do. So this we might see, fight goes early on the night, it'll be a promo for the Cruiserweights or an interview with uh, Eubank or an interview with George, George Groves yeah, or yeah. in the arena on the night. So you'll be like, oh, you're part of the tournament. And that's what I feel like the benefit of this is. Mm, really looking forward to it. It's happening in September. Tickets go on sale Wednesday morning. Tomorrow morning, yeah. Make Tomorrow. sure you are on the uh, 35 quid a ticket, they will go. Mm. They will go. Let's get it sold out and then hopefully we can, as Nick says, get that semi-final booked in. As long as Callum continues to do the business as we fully expect him to do yes. because it's not an easy fight against Eric Skoglund an undefeated guy from Sweden it's going to be a tough 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 task probably his toughest of his career so far mm-hmm. uh, but we anticipate that he comes through and does the business now let's let's get in the dream world let's get in the hypothetical situations Nick yeah. right? let's say that he mows everybody down and becomes the WBA world champion IBO world champion as uh, the winner of this will become. Mm-hmm. He'll win the Ali Trophy. He'll be a lot he'll richer. He'll have the WBC Diamond Belts or whatever it is. Absolutely. As well. well, he'll get that off the back of this particular fight, won't he? If yep. he does come through that. So we've got a world champion there. Where does that put him ranking wise in modern day? Uh, super middleweights compared yeah. to the other guys like who are not in this tournament like your James DeGales and what have you mm-hmm. but then going further afield where would you place him in the modern world compared to the guys that have been from Merseyside previous world champions Scousers. you're talking about Scousers um, now yeah is that right Obviously. Yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah. do that yeah, because yeah. when we started this I remember starting doing radio programmes in Liverpool and this is before Liam Smith his, uh, his older brother Callum's older brother became a world champion you're talking a period of 23 years between world champions. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, there was a long, 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 long wait. Why was that? What happened? And now are we in... Everybody tells us that British boxing's booming. Merseyside's uh, boxing is definitely booming with the amount of guys that we've got yep. competing on the elite level. Yep. So where then does that put Callum Smith? Interesting because, you know, just as a tournament format, as Callie pointed out then, and as he mentioned in, in the first part of the show, you know, the Super 6 series made Carl Frocht. It made Andre mm. Durrell, the two biggest, the two finalists, you know. Ward. Uh, Andre Ward, sorry, yeah. It made... Uh, uh, who else we just Kessler. 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 You yeah, know, yeah. It, all these guys became superstars from that tournament, and I truly believe this is the same type of thing. And if Callum Smith can make the final, and we think he's going to win it, we believe he's going to win it, um, then he becomes the biggest super middleweight on the planet for me. I think he becomes the the natural opponent for James DeGale once he's fit again. I don't think there's any debate in it. I don't think there's any of that. Oh, Darrell's got this belt. We know Darrell's shown us two colours. He could have fought Callum Smith, and instead he, he run for the hills. He wasn't interested. So I think for me, Callum Smith emerges from this in May. Hopefully. Anfield with the Muhammad Ali trophy in one hand and a fat check in the other hand and a couple of belts around his waist. He's the man. He's got to be the man, you mm. know. And I truly believe him against James the Gale then becomes for the unification, but also the Ring Magazine belt. I think the Ring Magazine number one and number gets two. thrown in because they haven't announced it yet. But I, the Muhammad Ali trophy for the cruiserweights 
don't forget the four best cruiserweights on the planet and four of the best leading contenders are involved. I'll be very surprised if the, that's got to be the ring magazine belt. For the final, as well. yeah, yeah, they've got to throw the ring magazine belt in there as well. So, mm. in terms of Merseyside, okay, so. Just to come back to your question before, what happened? We had 21 years without a genuine world title between uh, Hodgkinson and, and, and Conte, of course, right up to Liam Smith. Now, in the middle, we had Colin Dunn. We had versions of a WBU. I know that's. I know we're not really counting that as a world title, but Colin Dunn, David Burke, Derry Matthews, Shane Neary, of course, all had a WBU belt. So in terms of ranking of all time, modern day, let's say modern day, let's not go back to Peter Kane, Nell Tarleton, Roderick Hall, that's a show for another day. Let's talk about modern day, late 80s onwards. Like, Are you basically taking the attitude that football didn't exist before the Premier League? Is that what yeah, you're doing? No, that's, that's what you're doing I'm right doing now. I'm doing one thing I hate. That's, <laughs> I never talk about football prior to the Premier League beginning. I, as a Liverpool fan, obviously, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly what I'm doing. So in terms of where does he rank... You know, you've got to look at Callum now, 22-0, and 0, about to go into a, a huge tournament that no no one's ever seen this type of tournament. No scouts has been involved in a tournament like this before. In terms of where this places him, a two-time world champion if he comes out of this with the belt. So straight away, you know, you're talking about certainly modern day. You're talking he's up there with Bellew, he's up there with Conte, he's up there with Hocko. You know the three former WBC champions that we've had. You know, you've got to rank him above the other guys that I've just mentioned. Um, the other thing that this tournament will do is, and and this is important, that you know we, we mentioned Colin Dunn. Then Colin Dunn couldn't sell a ticket in Liverpool because he was based out of London. Mm. You know, he didn't do massive on the ticket sales. Um, Shane Neary did great, but we didn't have a venue. Yeah. It's the problem, you know, we talk about that 21 years of pain. We had a world champion there, but he didn't have a venue. We lost Liverpool Stadium in the late 80s. That was the only purpose-built fight sports stadium in the country. Yeah. And it had wrestling every Friday, boxing every Saturday, and it was packed to the rafters every weekend. You know, I, I've had so many beers with the Merseyside Xboxers about what Liverpool Stadium stood for and why it put Liverpool on the map. Once that went... We were stuck in Everton Park Sports Centre. You know, we were stuck putting tents up in Stanley Park yeah. to try and host big events. So we suffered. The city suffered massively. That Echo Arena, as far as I'm concerned, that's purpose-built for boxing. That's all I ever say. Oh, they built that for the boxing because <laughs> the city demanded it. When Beyonce comes or Ed Sheeran yeah. or any of them, forget that. Yeah, yeah. Not interested. Ed Sheeran's at the boxing venue this weekend. <laughs> He's at our fight there. And that's the difference, you see. That's what provided us a platform for the likes of Tony Bellew to, to come and to, to have a stage to put these big fights on. Yeah. You know, imagine if Peter Culshaw or Shane Neary or, or even Robin Reed, like Robin Reed, you know, okay, he's Hang not on, a scouser. you can't have that. He's not a scouser, he's from Runcorn, he's a plazzy scouser, he's a wool. But... <laughs> Robin I'm more Reed, scouts than him. You, you probably are more scouts than Robin <laughs> Reed. But even Robin Reed, you know, Martin Murray's from St. Helens. Yeah, you know what point. I mean? So Martin Murray headlined at the Echo Arena recently. I truly believe that during Robin Reed's WBC reign, he'd have fought at the Echo Arena yeah. had we had that as a venue so I think we suffered for such a long time but now we've got it we've got to embrace it and Callum Smith needs to you've got to have the talent though to come along with it 100%. yes we've got the venue 100%. I mean there's other cities around the country that have got venues for example Leeds and Nottingham and all these places have got venues yeah they haven't got the talent but the talent yeah they might have one or two you're talking nine lads here of course at least well I think right now the thing with Callum is He's got all the talent in the world. Now it's about the right execution, the right opportunity. Mm. And we thought it was going to be the WBC belt. He's made the decision, which 
from now, speaking to Cali and getting a taste of it, seems like the right decision. You know, why go over to Michigan and fight someone in his backyard when you're the number one contender, when you can enter this tournament and handpick your first opponent and hopefully, as I say, get a, a shoot through straight to the final. But what it is more than anything is, and that's why I was so happy then when Cali said, Ticket starts at 35 quid. What Callum's got to do is now he's got to break away and, it, and it'll be tough. Right now, the Smith family, phenomenal what they've done for Merseyside, but British boxing. Yeah. You know, there's no four brothers who've done ever who've done what they've done. So what Callum's got to do now is he's got to get every single fan that's ever bought a ticket, not only for the four brothers, but for the whole of City. All of the city have got to get behind Callum Smith now. We've got to support him. We've got to show that he's got a following. We've got a Derry Matthews-style following. Another guy who I rank one of the greatest of all time, certainly modern day. Now, Derry, on paper, you know, he won a WBU belt, yeah, but, it, you know, it's not a WBC belt and it's not this and it's not that. And he had some knockouts on his record. But for me, that's why Derry got a big following because he had this narrative behind him. He had this amazing fairy tale story. He's, over, he's achieved and overcome so much. For me, Derry Matthews is top five Hall of Fame scouts boxers all time. What Callum's got to do is he's got to get to that level. He's got to get that kind of audience, got to get that support. And I think if he gets that support with his talent, with this opportunity, he could well start challenging the likes of Hodgkinson, the likes of Conte, the likes of Bellew for the number one spot. Fantastic point. Absolutely fantastic point. We speak about this quite a lot, don't we, in our Mayweather-McGregor series about transcending the mm-hmm. ring. And that is the stage now that Callum Smith is out. There's no, yeah. no question about talent. I mean, you harp on all the time. This lad's not just a super middleweight world champion in waiting, but a light heavyweight world champion in waiting. We don't put too much pressure on him, but that's what we genuinely see. We've been around it a lot. We've, we've seen some talent, and we think that this kid's got the lot. Yeah. Um, but then it is a case of taking it to that next level. It. Because there's tons of talent out there yeah. that don't take it to that next level. You've got to call Frampton it, haven't you? You've got to utilise what you have, show a bit of personality, transcend the ring, gain those followings to the extent where five, six, ten thousand people want to go to Las Vegas to watch you fight. That's what you've got to do next. hundred percent. And that's how you become a, a global superstar, you know. That's how you, you really kick on. You know, we're talking about, you know, Conte and, and Hocko are on the top of most people's minds, certainly modern day as the best this city's ever produced. Yet they didn't have a venue here to defend their WBC yeah. belts. They didn't have that support. They didn't have that fan Fought base. out of London, they had to. That's why a lot of people now are putting Bellew above them because Bellew not only has achieved the same thing, but he achieved it here at Goodison Park. He built his career at the Echo Arena. He's got a following. The city, you know, he's chalk and cheese in the city. You either absolutely adore Tony Bellew or for some bizarre reason you don't know him and you think he's an idiot. But he Either way, you'll want to buy a ticket, either to watch him win or watch him lose. He's got that fan base. That's what Callum Smith's got to do now. And I think Callum Smith is one of those, he's such a humble, as Callie said then, such a humble, nice guy outside the ring, but he's a beast inside it. Callum's got to sell himself to the city now. We've got to buy in. He is a nice guy, but let's support him because when he gets in there, he's ferocious. Yeah. And if the city gets behind him with the right support, honestly, Callum Smith, we're just, this is just the beginning in Callum Smith's career. Mm. Potentially, he could achieve more than anybody on the greatest list of all time. And that's a phenomenal place to be if you're Callum Smith right now. Got to sprinkle a bit of Bellew on him. That's what we're going to do. That's it. Just go and hang out with Bellew. A little bit of attitude. I mean, yeah. when Bellew hangs out with us, like, rubs off on me, I think I can beat everybody yeah. up for about five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's it then. Yeah. Um, speaking of chalk and cheese characters, um, we are going to be speaking about Tyson Fury next on the show. Yes, okay, he's not a scouser, but he's based out of the Northwest. And you may have seen over the last seven days, he's announced yet again that he's retiring. We'll discuss it next on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, also this week in the world of boxing, you may have seen the news that Tyson Fury, the undisputed 
heavyweight champion of the world. Or is it disputed? That's probably something for us to talk about right now. Uh, has decided to call it a day again. We've seen retirement tweets and uh, social media posts from Tyson in the past. Uh, this one, don't know how serious it is because obviously his uh, cousin... Uh, Huey Fury has got a fight coming up with uh, Joseph Parker. They've been on various national radio stations this week and off the back of that, they've done a little bit of a deal maybe with David Hay we're hearing about and then Tyson's reacted not too uh, favourably with that. But we don't know too much when it comes to Tyson Fury, let's be honest. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of he's going to do this and then does something else. When you initially see the announcement that he's going to retire and call it a day and we're never going to see him in the ring again, um, what's your first thought? My first thought is, no, we won't see him ever again. He looks like a man that's made an awful lot of money. Let's, you know, bear in mind the fact that the Fury family had money before he even became an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. The guy owns most, if you've ever been to Manchester Airport, you, I guarantee you've parked your car in a car park owned by the Fury family. So it's not like he's ever needed the cash. Uh, and I just think now, look how big he is, the, si- the size of him. And, you know, kind of, what's he got left to achieve? He beat the unbeatable. He did Mission Impossible and he became the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. What's the incentive to come back now and to lose all that weight? I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. But then again, the other side of my brain is saying he's a fighting man. You know, fighting men can't walk away. And if he is quitting, why is he still, we're led to believe, he's still contesting his case against UKAD as well. If mm. That must be cost them money. If he's never going to fight again, what, you know, that... I thought they may have announced it, but I'll be honest. When he when he immediately retired this time, Adam, you know what I thought? Mm. I thought he's been he's he's popped a drug test because if you remember, that's why he, he retired last time, and then twenty four hours later, it came out that he'd failed the drug test. So that was my big fear that uh oh, of the has he been tested again and he knows he's going to fail or whatever. But thankfully, we've heard nothing like that. Mm. But uh, interesting because you know he was in Marbella, he was training, he was getting fit. It doesn't really correlate. I want to take you back before we continue this conversation, to uh, two days after he becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. He's gone to Germany, he's beaten Vladimir Klitschko, and I phoned him up for a little bit of a chat. Just have a listen to this, and I'll give you my conclusions off the back of this conversation that we had um, way back then. What's the uh, what's the plan for 2016? Because there's so many fans now that obviously want to come and see you fight on these shores, um, defending that heavyweight belt. I saw you yesterday yeah. on the TV talking about that maybe even retirement's an option. Um, yeah, it could be an option because I've fulfilled what I set off to do in life. Yeah. And I, I don't really have anything else I can do. No matter who else I beat now in the world, it ain't going to compare with beating 11 year reigning super champion, is it? No. Well, no, so absolutely there's not, not. There's not much more I can do. And there's never going to be another bigger fight than me versus Klitschko because who who else is there that's been a reigning champion for 11 years and was regarded as the pound for pound best in boxing? What's the situation with. A rematch with him is there one in the is the yeah, one in the contract? A rematch clause, yes. So wherever, whenever, and wherever that fight is, then I would take it again and give him the option to get his belt back. We'll try to anyway. I mean, it'd be great for the British fans for that to happen in the UK. Now I know that you're not bothered. You actually, I think you kind of fancy Germany again, don't you? I do fancy Germany again, yeah. Because what better than go there in the first place and beat him, and then go back and beat him twice? <laughs> then we know he's not a fluke, don't we? Because no. might fluke it the other night. Now, for me, you might not be able to hear this, but for me, listening back to that now, it's quite easy with hindsight to say, oh, now it's all starting to play out and we're starting to understand a few things. But even two days after becoming the heavyweight champ, 
If you remember, when he landed back in the UK, he went straight to Bolton. He went up to, uh, mm -hmm. well, what was the Reebok Stadium, the Macron Stadium now, didn't he, for that big homecoming press conference. Yep. And the stories that came off the back of that wasn't about, oh, my word, look at this guy. He's gone to Germany and he's beaten this geezer that's been the heavyweight champion of the world for 11 years. Those stories weren't the ones that were being printed front and back pages. For, from from our national newspapers, the stories that were front and back pages were about his upbringing in the gypsy world and his views on women and his views on homosexuality. And then yeah. you've got the story that came out about British Sports Personality of the Year, where you've got that geezer that jumps in sand for a living, Greg Rutherford, who uh, decided, oh, if he's on the short list or if he's at the ceremony, I don't agree with him as a human being. I'm not going. And then people start backing that. So there was a lot of negativity around a man that has spent all of his life attempting to become the heavyweight champion of the world, mm -hmm. achieves it, and then it doesn't live up to his own expectation of what it actually meant. It was yeah. a little bit of a letdown yeah. by the time he got there. And I can hear that now. Listening back, even back then, I listened to him. I'm thinking, this isn't a guy that's just become the heavyweight champion of the world. It doesn't sound like a guy that's just become the heavyweight champion of the world. He seems like a guy that is a little bit annoyed, yeah, you know? And even back then I thought, we're not going to see him fight again. Because I don't think he can get himself up for it. What's the point? He's been vilified all of his career, achieves the unachievable, and he's still being vilified. So what's the point? Yeah, no, I, I, com <clears throat> I completely agree. And uh, this is the problem with this country, especially, you know, we, we, we love to knock down our heroes, unfortunately, rather than celebrate them. And, you know, I think you're dead right. I think as soon as he won the belt, as soon as he achieved the impossible, you know, being a man of Klitschko hadn't lost in, you know, forever, basically. And, uh, you know, what Tyson, he wasn't judged on his sport and achievement. He wasn't judged on that. He was judged by himself as a person. They started asking questions about religion, everything else where, mm. you know, to be honest, if, if Tyson had a decent management or even just a PR guy, a good publicist with him. He just killed those conversations stone dead. But As, Tyson being Tyson, mm. he was, you know, people asked him a question, he answered honestly. Absolutely. And if you look at that and you compare it to where Anthony Joshua is at now in his life, obviously off the back of what happened to Tyson, Anthony Joshua gets a shot at becoming heavyweight champion of the world and we celebrate him even though everybody in the world of boxing knows that he's got to check a past. Yeah. They even made a, a video out of it, an advertisement for Lucas said. Yeah. They made an advertisement, not celebrating it, but basically, here it is. This yeah, is yeah. it. In, in layman's no terms, this is what I used to get up to. I was on tag and I was doing X, Y, and Z on the streets. But you know? again, that's the difference between having a strong management team, a real publicist behind you, people that know what they're doing, handling a world-class athlete. And unfortunately, Tyson Fury's never surrounded himself by people who are that capable. Mm. That's just the truth of it you know he's I know he was working with Frank Warren now as a potential promoter but very much Fra all Frank's doing is putting the shows on and, and, and providing him with a platform he's not managing his career he never has he's never been his publicist mm. uh, unfortunately he's got people that are amateurs at this game that, that's a fact mm. and uh, you know it, it kind of ref it, it's like when Tiger Woods left IMG and then suddenly it all came out about his affairs and his background his whole life imploded that's the difference between having a, a good publicist a good management team as a sports athlete and a non-existent one, if you like, in the case of Tyson Fury, someone should have stopped those conversations or met them head on, like they've done with Anthony Joshua. His has passed. We ain't going to hide about it. But why are you talking about that for? This guy's going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Let's he's the Olympic champion. Let's sell it. Let's put yeah. him on a pedestal. Let's celebrate him for what he is for turning it around. Yeah. Exactly. Let's not let him get cornered in a position where we know he'll answer any question put in front of him. 
and allow people to ask him questions that have got no... All they're going to do is disparage his character. It's got no reflection on him as an athlete. Mm. And unfortunately, Tyson was never protected from that. And ultimately, that cost him his position. Uh, so both of us, if it doesn't happen, if we never see Tyson Fury in the ring again, both of us kind of expect that and understand that. But on the flip side of it, if we do see him in the ring again, I kind of expect that as well. It's, yeah. With Tyson Fury, it's the Who expect knows? the unexpected, isn't it? You don't really know. So I kind of take everything with a pinch of salt. We've seen him retire before on social media. So he's done it again. Do we take it seriously? I don't think I take anything really that seriously with Tyson no. Fury at this moment in time because no. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody wafts, I don't know, 20 million quid in front of his face, come and fight Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in there doing it. Again, I think the challenge of facing Anthony Joshua would be more appealing to Tyson than even the cash. I know 20 million is hard to turn your nose up at, but at this point in time, I think if Anthony Joshua beca- you know, beats Klitschko a second time and is truly recognised as the undisputed champion of the world, I think a fight against Tyson Fury at Wembley is probably the biggest fight out there for him because Tyson remains, maybe not in the mainstream public eyes, he's a bit of a villain, but in fight fans' eyes, we know what he did. We know what he went out there and achieved and how he got in Klitschko's head and how he beat the unbeatable. We know that. So I would love to see a motivated Tyson Fury fight Anthony Joshua at Wembley. I think that's the biggest fight in the, in the heavyweight division. But it's down to Tyson Fury. And listen, when you're a very wealthy man that's achieved all his goals in life and you've obviously got the frame to pack on the pounds, it's, it's hard to find the motivation to, to fight like, to train like a challenger. Mm. And that's all you can do in boxing. We say it all the time. You can't play at this game, Adam. To finish this conversation off, does boxing need Tyson Fury? Uh, unfortunately not. It doesn't, no. But I think Tyson Fury needs boxing for his own sanity. There you go. Um, we'll have more on this as this story develops without any shadow of a doubt when he announces that he's, uh, I don't know, taking a fight next week. That's the story of Tyson Fury. Yep. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, on Radio City Talk uh, tonight. We will be back, of course, next week as we start building up towards the start of the proper boxing season. That's not a disrespect to anybody that's fighting this moment in time. It's not fake boxing season. These fights are real. It's just that the real season gets underway at the back end of August into the early parts of September. I would like to point you in the direction, by the way, of our Mayweather-McGregor series, which is available on fightdisciples.com. There's three episodes up there now this week. Um, we give you a little bit of a take on the notorious one himself. Not many people who uh, don't follow the UFC will know too much about Conor McGregor. Nick's been following him for the last five, six years and has given us a proper breakdown from everything that he did in uh, in Cage Warriors right through to where he's at at this moment in time. Uh, a man that was on the dole and he's about to become a multi, 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 <laughs> multi-millionaire. Um, anyway, it's all on our website for you, fightdisciples.com. Go and check it out. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.